You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org slash podcasts. You are listening to Chirp Radio. My name is Ari Mejia, and I'm joined in the studio today by Michael Serafini, Chicago House Music DJ and legend. Thank you for having me. The first era was the 80s for house and disco, where it was birthed. And then the 90s, which was my generation, was the golden, the second era, when the nightclub scene just flourished. There were club characters, particular people that I remember very well. One of them was the librarian that we called that and he was a heterosexual man that was just a cross-dresser and he wanted to dress in women's clothes but he would wear those kind of polyester frilly tops that went all the way up to your chin and he would wear long pleated skirts down to his ankles and he would just stand against the wall in the room and drink his drink and just like watching the people around him and people looking at him and there was another one and we called him Elvis and Elvis, this older gentleman, was probably, oh, maybe about 60-something, maybe 62-ish, right around that. And he looked like a old German professor that taught physics. He would come in in a suit, and he would always have a bag or a briefcase. And he would go to the bathroom, the women's bathroom, and he would change. And he would come out in stockings and garter belts with see-through panties and a bra and he was rather endowed and he would get on the stage and he would dance and he would just get crazy and people would cheer him on and loved it tell us about you how'd you get into djing where did you start how what when where just <laughs> why <laughs> <clears throat> well i guess it started when i was a teenager in grammar school even listened to the mixes on the radio and the college radio and northwestern had a, a station that was like a disco time slot that was like really early on even before house mixes I don't know, something about uh, hearing some of the, the music and the new music that was coming out of Chicago just really gravitated to me. And I graduated grammar school and going into high school, I was kind of feeling that there was something different about me and probably, you know, realizing that I was gay or at least possibly gay and wanted to break away and went to this high school, Brother Rice, on the south side. The far south side, I grew up in Bridgeport and in McKinley Park and over by Midway Airport. And there was a lot of music that you would hear at the school for sure. There used to be this place on the southwest side on 63rd and Harlem called Prime and Tender, which was a, a steakhouse slash lounge. And on uh, Sunday nights, they would have the Hot Mix 5 would have uh, dance, like they would come and DJ and we would go dance. Um, or I'd take the bus, the Archer bus, all the way downtown and walk to the north side and go to Medusa's and uh, go to the teen parties and hear house music. And that kind of led to being around the scene and always going out dancing. And the north side is definitely, going to the north side is definitely what 
opened me up to uh, a new world because it was definitely different from the South Side or the West Side. It kind of, I guess it kind of started there. Did you come out in high school? What was it no, like No, I being... still did not really accept the, what I was feeling I knew that I was. Obviously, like in those days, it still was not acceptable to come out and say that you were gay. Mm-hmm. You know, some people did accept it, but a lot of people still still didn't accept it. There was definitely the fear of losing friends and and people hating you and and even beating you up or killing you. Uh, can I VJ'd at a, a gay bar, one of the first gay bars I ever VJ'd at where I got uh, I was sneaking into and got a job. Terry Bristol got me my gig and people would shoot at the bar. People would throw things over into the patio, like cinder blocks, to throw them to land on people. Um, And if you called the police, they didn't do anything. You know, knowing the way that people treated gays and lesbians, then you definitely did not want to come out. And if you did, you didn't want to admit that you were, unless you had positive influences and definitely coming to the north side and downtown and seeing the mix of people. Well, give me like a time frame. So when you're talking about this time. We're talking like 82, 83 through 99, 2000. One of the first gay discos in the city called the Bistro was on uh, Hubbard and uh, Hubbard and Clark. That was uh, like a famous place that actually like some of the house DJs actually went to go see. The Italian DJ was there, was one of the first guys who was mixing music. And that's where a lot of them even got their influence from, from going there and and listening and watching this DJ. What did House Nurture, it seemed that House was this home, literally. What House Music came from were these disco and these nightclubs that played disco and then began to play House Music that were the safe havens for people who were gay and lesbian or trans. It was like almost like building your fortress and that you were inside of it and that you were free inside. But that's where it started from. I mean, I can remember on Halstead even, most of them, there were only a couple bars that had big windows for you to see inside. Most of them, you could not see what was going on except for like a diamond window on the door in the front. And that was, you could see yeah. the, the, the bouncer's face and that was about it. So what did this feel like for you, being being a young gay man, or maybe not out yet, but you knew right. it? Like, what did this feel like? Well, by that time when I was up there, it was like kind of obvious at that point. You know, one, once I turned 20, 21, I was accepting of what I was. And that's also because I was of an age that I was free of, you know, you're 18, you live in my house with my family, you know, or your friends that you grew up with as you, through kids from being in grammar school and in early high school that you were like, I'm an, uh, I'm an adult now. I can live my life the way I want to live it. Gramophone is a refuge too. It's a community center in a oh, way. Totally. Oh, totally. Especially ta- in the old days. I'm the owner now. Joe Dale and Carl Borowski were the secondary owners. They owned it from 1970 or 71 on through 2004. So I've owned it with my ex-partner, Jason Bradley, since then. 
you would have these different groups of people, like hip hop heads coming in and buying hip hop, and a bunch of queens hanging out with the one with Keith screaming, and all in this one little space where everybody kind of got along, even though people looked at each other like, "What the hell?" You know, like it was just inter- a really interesting place, and we like uh, try to continue to have that ethos at Gramophone even today. Try to have an eclectic mix of people in this age where not as many are playing records anymore and it's not the needed place to be. But it's a place the people to gather and and talk about music, not just online, but in person. And interesting mix of characters and, and artists and people that you would not maybe meet, you know? Absolutely. Uh, Queen is described, I'm going to quote it. Um, (laughs) Queen is one of the most thriving and inclusive weekly parties in Chicago, which is known as the birthplace of house music. What does it mean to be inclusive? What is Queen? Tell us about it. We try to achieve to be one of the quintessential torchbearers of what a classic underground dance music, gay and house oriented party in Chicago is like. It is a place that anyone can go to to enjoy themselves and to people watch and be in in the now, you know, which is kind of what it used to be like. I DJed at Green Dolphin for the, the last great era of boom boom room with lego and Mar- uh with diz mr diz washington at the time i was at smart bar doing do- dollar disco and we just kind of sat down and we were like you know hey when we were younger and people were like oh you need to go to this party and check out this party that's been around for 15 years or 10 years we were like eh, whatever who cares we wanted our own thing and so we were like let's call it something else and it can have the same ethos bird decided that queen was the name and derek and i were like oh no no and he was like no queen we're calling it queen and it was just it it's funny because it was appropriate it's in your face and it's kind of like what the social scene is now of gay straight trans bi no matter what you are lesbian it's you're there so the queen it, it, i guess timing is everything in it the name fits we had gone through a couple different hosts um sally left and jojo was there and we had a uh, crazy ruby d we had sissy spastic who moved to la now we have lucy stool who's her own character herself so it's a nice mixture between people who are there that want to socialize and and be in this creative environment artistically, but then again, also to be around the music. Come to Queen on the 22nd. Yes, and you're gonna hear all these awesome classics. You're gonna hear finally. <laughs> Mine's searching, I, that's my song. My name is Ari Mejia, you're listening to Trip Radio. Thanks for listening. You can find this and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.